You are now listening to Ship Talk. A podcast about relationships. Friendships and all the shit in between. I'm Kareem, and after 15 years of dating, spanning 19 cities across the world, this podcast is my form of relationship therapy. And I'm Iman. Our 12-plus year friendship has led me to find my husband. Have I said thank you yet? No, you haven't. But join us weekly on our journey as we explore all the ships. All right, guys. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Um, Before we even start today, I just kind of want to say thank you. Kareem and I are so overwhelmed with all of the support, all of the love we've been getting. Um, It's so nice to hear the feedback. Um, One thing I was telling Kareem that I've been getting told is they want this thing longer. We're going to still try and keep it in a nice little package for you guys. We do have something exciting this episode. We have received some listener questions. So that might make this a little bit longer to make you guys a bit happier. But um, we're just so excited that the feedback has been so positive. And thank you for everyone who's following us on IG and who's emailed us and reached out. We really appreciate you. So let's get started. All right. So this week... Our topic explores the impact of time and how that has impacted friendships, relationships. I'm sure most of us have grown out of friendships. Some of us have or are struggling with falling out of love. So we kind of want to explore the connection between time and your ships. So I'm going to throw it to you, Kareem. Sounds good. Thanks, Iman. Um Nope. I thought I would, I would, um, this sort of concept of the impact of time on, on relationships or friendships was interesting to me in, in my sort of nerdy fashion. Um, I went ahead and started looking up sort of interesting stats. So maybe I'll share these first to sort of set context a little bit. Um, both of them sort of have a depressing tone to them, but nonetheless. Um, so there's actually this book called The Science of, of uh, Happily Ever After that I think I read like a year, year and a half ago. But the one thing that I remember from that is estimates that sort of marriage satisfaction declines by 7% every year. So basically in the first year of marriage, about 86, 90% of, of marriages um, are rated as sort of highly satisfactory. But then by the seventh year, um, less than sort of 50% are. So that sort of, I guess, hope in one way sort of articulates the impact of time on relationships. And the other one is, is often people will say our strong components in relationships is uh, lust and, um, and liking somebody. Um, and there's been some sort of research that has shown that both of these sort of decline at anywhere between three to 8% per year that people are together in partnership and marriage. So, you know, the science and the data sort of says that sort of time has a sort of negative impact on relationships. And, and I'll maybe use that as a, as a point to ask you a question, Iman, as sort of the partnered one in this in this duo, um, has has sort of time changed how, um, has, has it changed or impacted your relationship? Yeah, I would say for sure time has definitely changed, especially because when I started dating H, we were in our very early 20s. So responsibility, the actual concept of time for us was endless. We had time to do whatever we wanted. Um, and as we kind of progressed like further on to a relationship, I think the problems that we did have or certain issues that started to come up did kind of stem from the longevity of our relationship being like, okay, this is not changing. Can we work on this? And so I for sure think time does have an impact, but I also think time is a good thing because 
you, especially when you're in a relationship, you're with a person and you get to see them grow, you get to see them change and evolve. And sometimes it's great, right? Because you're like, this is exactly what we aspired for and what we aimed for when we were younger. And watching that come to fruition is super exciting. But then the other aspect for me is that time kind of feels like it's never ending, if that makes sense. And I kind of, we were talking about this before we started recording. Personally, for me, and not regarding my relationship, but just regarding life itself, I feel like once I've hit these milestones in my career and in my life, I'm starting to get bored because I'm like, is this it? Like, this is literally what life is, right? You just wake up, get ready, go to work, do your job, finish your job. And then it's like five o'clock hits and you're like, okay, what do I do? So throwing that back into the relationship, you kind of start to put pressure on your partner to be like, okay, we need to do more stuff. I need to like, and again, it's like people's experiences are different. What he has available with his time versus me is, is different. And so I think the older I'm personally getting, the more that I'm realizing, oh shit, okay. I'm evolving into like a different person and it's coming with different criteria and expectations that might not have been there in the beginning of my relationship. And I didn't even know I needed in the beginning of my relationship. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a mixed bag for me. It's good and bad. What about you? From my current vantage point of being somebody who's single, time is like, to me, I view time as like the ultimate teller of truths and the ultimate like litmus test for a relationship, right? Because when, when I, I did have the energy to date, um, and maybe I'll take a, a pause here. I often describe myself as, as a recovering engineer. And part of that joke is I often view aspects of life and, and parts of life that are maybe more um, emotional as like mathematical problems. And I'll give you an example here. Um, and hopefully I don't bore the, the listeners, but you know how sometimes you're like trying to do like a math problem, like a graph problem where you need enough data points to be able to draw like a trend line and say like, I think this line is going in that direction or that direction. To me, dating is you're getting to know somebody and trying to collect as many data points to be able to predict like how compatible your partnership will be in the future. But the only test of that is is time and going through those experiences. So it's sort of interesting to hear from you as somebody who is in a 10 plus year sort of partnership with somebody um, hearing from you in terms of the trials and tribulations, the pros and cons of time um, and the impact that it has on relationships. But to me, it's probably the one thing that probably strikes a lot of fear when it comes to dating from my perspective, because it's like realizing that you're going to have to make an assessment about this person about wanting to commit to them. And the only way you'll know if you're right or wrong is the time that you spend in that relationship. And if you you're able to endure many years together, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I think too, the thing about time that is also a very telling thing is that the person that you are with at the beginning of your relationship is not going to be the same person. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't process. And they think that, okay, the person that I'm with is who I'm with. And we're evolving people. And I hope that everyone is evolving and growing in their own facets and ways. And that means that it changes the dynamic of your relationship. And it changes the things that you guys do and the things that you might have fallen in love with the person with, right? When I was younger um, and in this relationship, I was very much like that weird angsty Tumblr kid that was like septum piercing, like longboarding, like doing all that stuff. And shout out now, Tumblr. 
right? But then it's like, now who I am, I'm not that person anymore. And that also plays a huge factor in the existence of your relationship. Will the person that you would still be in love with who you have evolved to be and who you're going to turn into be? And I don't think time is something that we factor in a lot when it comes to relationships. You kind of just kind of hope that this is going to be the same. And that's where things get more challenging because you're with a different person every year and your values and the things that align are changing. Can you sustain that? That's kind of like my question too. Um, but I guess my follow-up to you um, would kind of be like, when you are in that dating world, are there any like telltale factors for you that you're just like, Ooh, I don't know if I could be with this person in like the next five years. Like, are there questions that you maybe probe to be like, are you ambitious enough? Do you have certain like aspirations that align with mine? Like, do you like traveling and stuff? Like, how are you able to sift through that to see like, this is someone who I can really be happy with in the next five years, let's say. Uh, tough questions. Um, I think for me over the years, I think I've gravitated more towards, I guess the concept of dating to me is like, you're trying to get to know somebody. And I always put a lot more weight in actions that somebody has taken, right? So, and to answer your question in terms of traits, there have been folks in the past that I've gotten to know or dated where they are, they will be the type of individual who's perpetually complaining about a certain aspect of their life, right? But you never see them take action to correct that, right? And I think about sort of, sort of back to this theme of time, it's, you know, the adversity that this person's facing at 25 or 29 and 35 is not the same adversity they're going to face, you know, in the next 30 years of their life, but how they deal with that adversity in terms of what percentage of that is spent venting to the same people about the same issue versus taking action, right? So, um, that's something that's often become a bit of a red flag for me in terms of, you know, there's all us, you know, all of us have things we would love to improve about ourselves, whether it's our personal, emotional state, our professional lives, et cetera. But, um, you know, I, I've seen it quite easy to sort of pick up on, on that habit of always complaining. So that I think that's one piece of it. The other is back to your point of like what somebody's interested in today is not going to be the same thing they're interested in for the rest of your sort of, you know, future partnership with them. But to me, I always sort of take notice to if somebody does have an interest or a hobby, how sort of intentional are they in pursuing that, right? And, and sort of engaged and, 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 and driven and interested in it. And those sort of traits are ones that, um, will be more likely to sort of, I guess, um, stand the test of time. So, um, those are probably two examples I, I would jump to. Uh, that kind of leads me to my next follow-up with you because I remember when we were in our beginning phases, as I said, like time was our best friend. We had time to be together all the time. And I'm curious to see from you, do you think that that's a good thing or a bad thing? Do you think that like actually helps the relationship or do you think that potentially causes issues in the long term? And for me, I can go back to like my experience. I think when we became adults, like we met during my undergrad, when I got my first full time job, I had to now divide up my time per se into like me time, like us time, and then like time to like grow and develop. And I felt like the things that I love the most about our relationship was the fact that we were together all the time. And that 
kind of became like this weird ideal in my head that I was like, everything I do has to be beside him. And everything I do has to include him. That is not realistic. And I've learned that that's not realistic. But I'm just curious, like, do you think that the dependency, I guess, on the relationship being together all the time is a good thing? Or do you think that takes a toll on the relationship overall, spending too much time with your partner? Wow, that's a sort of uh, you're smiling and smirking as, I know you were, that- I, I, as you were being extra sort of like, <laughs> you're being extra soft and vulnerable there. Like you wanted H around all the time I, for everything. That's, all the time. Yeah, because it was like kind of like, it's problematic to think that, but it was this idea that I have to get out of that him being my partner meant he was like my literal best friend. I have to do everything with him. And I put too much pressure on him, if that makes sense. It was something that I had to learn to like divide up. Like I can't just go to him for every little problem I had. I have to figure out a way to spread that around my friendships and just not solely burden him with everything. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, no, that, that, that makes sense. And it's cute. Um, On the question of sort of, depend- <laughs> on the question of dependency, I think, I don't know, to me, it's, I feel like the depend, like that, the want to depend on your partner, that desire doesn't necessarily change. I think what changes is sort of the, what, what you attach to it, right? So I think in your like early twenties, time is like our biggest commodity, right? We're all sort of broke university students. We don't necessarily have, you know, finances at an extreme, an extreme amount, but you're right. So, but time is how to, how you show your sort of, um, you care about somebody, right? Spending time with them, even if it's sort of like a, a cheap date or you guys are just grabbing a coffee and hanging out, et cetera. But as we grow up and we sort of um, all become more independent, I think you depend on your partner for different things, right? It may be depending on them to support your interests or your side hustle or your business, right? So, um, so I think wanting to be able to depend on your partner is sort of an admirable quality. But I think what sort of changes from as you were sort of speaking about it seems to be sort of the where that partner is your sort of uh, support system, right? In terms of it's no longer, you know, spending all the time in the world with you because you, 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 there's other priorities and other things in your life that you want to commit to. So, um, yeah, no, I think, um, as you were sort of outlining time shapes and, and, and morphs that relationship that you have with that, that special somebody in your life. Right. So. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it's a matter of like recognizing individual needs, respecting the space and differences and then try, like trying to create some sort of balance right that allows you to still be able to like keep up and check in but not solely depend on that person for literally everything that's when things get complicated yeah no for sure and and i guess the it's maybe a bit of a tangent but um go off with your tangent <laughs> This, this, we're talking about sort of on, on one end of the spectrum how time can change or more for a, a, you know, a partnership, a multi-year partnership. On the flip side, it's like there's a timing component into when you choose to jump into a relationship, right? And and I think at least my observation, maybe you agree or disagree, is just like I feel like, especially in our community, a lot of people be jumping into relationships with like very limited, limited amount of time put in into like pressure testing that like relationship before choosing to jump to marriage. I'm curious if that's sort of what you've been observing as well. Yeah, no, I think that when we were in our 20s, there was an abundance of time where we didn't really have to like fixate on like, I need to get married, I need to get all these like check marks done. 
And then as we progressed to the end of our 20s, I started to notice more and more people around me being like, okay, I have now finished my professional like development, right? And I've done my master's, I've gotten the good job, I have to get married. And the concept of time in that sense kind of became expedited in the fact that if this person seems good, I'm going to marry her or I'm going to marry him and not really put effort into realizing like, who is this person, right? Like, are the, is this person going to be exactly who you need them to be in five years from now? Oh, or are you just getting married because you just want to get married for the sake of it? And potentially, I know for a lot of East African women, it's the freedom of being able to get out of your parents' home without problems and starting this life that you you've dreamt of your whole life, essentially. And so, yeah, I just kind of feel like, as you get older, it's just like this. I, I I feel for people who have this pressure of like, you're getting old, you need to get married. And they don't have the luxury of really feeling out the person and understanding like, is this who I want to be with? And just kind of like, thinking it through more, it feels like it's very expedited. It feels like I met you, we're getting engaged, our nikah is next month, and we have a baby the following month. Like, it just feels like, holy shit, like, this is too much that's happening so fast. So yeah, that's my little rant about that topic. But I don't know, I feel like time is a good thing. I think that we shouldn't be stuck in this idea that because we're X amount of age, we need to rush things. I think that there's a beauty in really getting to know a person inside and out. Yeah, no, I uh, I would agree with that summary where it's sort of in terms of relationships and courtship, it's 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 a blessing take advantage of it, don't necessarily try and rush it. And then on the flip side as well is it's sort of, I guess, going on that journey of partnership with somebody, you're also signing up to the fact that you don't know what the future holds, right? And only time will be able to determine that. And and as you sort of articulated, sort of, um, I guess, being able to adapt to the fact that you're a changing person, your partner's a changing person, and, and that sort of relationship is going to change with time. Um, I'm wondering, I was maybe I'm curious about, because again, the podcast, we try to explore both relationships and friendships, what you've seen in yeah. your sort of, you know, um, from your early twenties to, to now your, your sort of end of your twenties, late twenties in terms of what impact time has had on friendships for you. This is a trickier one. Um, because I remember when I was in my early twenties, I had too many friends. and that was a good thing for me you know like I just was like friends I was literally it was like Pokemon like I was trying to get them all like this is my friend now this is my friend now and each individual friend was a friend based on a like an aspect that I liked so this was my friend that I would go to read books with this is my friend who I'd go to hang out and watch movies with you assigned you assigned them as an asset class they were an asset class yeah like And it was, it was, honestly, it was the dumbest thing because as, again, time happened, right? These friends started dropping off, right? I'm not checking on them as much as I used to and vice versa. And I feel like now as I'm like leaving my late 20s, entering my early 30s, it's this weird thing where I personally feel like, okay, I have a good core friendship that, you know, I'm very happy with my circle of friends. I've known them for a really long time. They bring me a lot of happiness. 
but there's still individuals who have lives and there's still individuals who are not available all of the time. And so for me, I think time for sure impacts your friendships because you kind of lean on people to support you in ways that maybe you should technically use yourself, if that makes sense. And you don't really kind of factor in the the fact that, okay, we're at this age where everyone's probably in a relationship, everyone has like work, everyone has other things. Are these friendships truly friendships that bring positivity to your life? Or are these friendships that are distractions because you're bored, or you just need something to fill a void? And I think for me personally, time has really tested me with a lot of friends that I thought we're going to be my lifers, my four lifer friends, where I've realized that we've just grown apart because where I wanted to go and where I saw myself didn't really align with them. And I personally say like some of the friendships that I've lost, I still say this is to this day, they're some of the most heartbreaking friendship loss, period. Like I've never experienced heartbreak the way I have through losing some friendships that I thought they were going to be for the rest of my life, just because it's hard to think that this is someone that you could grow apart from. You would just kind of always envisioned yourself with these friends. And I think time does play a huge factor in losing friendships because you just kind of realize like, okay, you're not the same people you were in your 20s. Can this even exist anymore? Like what space can it exist for it to be positive? And most of the time, unfortunately, the friendships that we do have in our earlier 20s were just for entertainment and nothing else. And it's a matter of like trying to create meaningful friendships as you get older, friendships that like I can have my kid around and they could watch them as like a positive role model. You know, those are the weird things you think about when you get older. (laughs) What about you? Do you think um, friendships can change with two people and they like, it's that simple? Like you can just grow apart and not be friends anymore. What, What do you think? I think yes and no. Um, and I, and for, um, I think on the yes part, I think something for me, so like maybe about six or seven years ago, I sort of drastically went through a bit of a career change, but then as a result of the career change and things around it, I just started viewing the world differently in terms of just being more aware of just injustices and, and things of that nature. Um, and I think during that period of time, there were certain friends that I just, I, I found very problematic and chose to engage with less. And, but there was no sort of, as you were describing your breakup with really good friends, like in comparison, these were friends who were not super close that were on the sort of periphery. So there wasn't this sort of heartbreak associated based, like similar to your story, right? But it was just, you know, there were weaker ties. On the other end, for like some of my really close friends, especially friends from uni, Time has shaped and changed our, our friendships differently. And, and many of these sort of good close friends from, from early uni days, I'm the only one who's still single. I'm the only one who's not married. I'm the only one without kids, right? So like group gatherings have drastically changed over the last like five to seven years. Um, but I think part of that, it's sort of, I don't want to say necessarily tests, but it just sort of, what holds a friendship together is those elements that you emotional ties in terms of the person being caring or compassionate, as opposed to the fact that every Friday night or Saturday night, you guys would go hang out at the same spot. And like that is no longer part of either person's 
um, sort of day to day lives just because we sort of grew up and, and, and move on into different directions. So, yeah, no, definitely time has a, has an impact on friendships. I think it's, it's not necessarily unhealthy if, if people drift out of your life, if they weren't necessarily a, a, a positive contributor and it was sort of a weak tie. And then on the flip side, you know, for those really strong ties, you know, one side, you know, is sort of like the story you shared where you sort of have a very hurtful breakup. And then on the flip side is your sort of, you know, dynamics in a friendship chain. You just engage with that person differently. Um, but yeah. So to put you on the spot, because I love doing this type of stuff, how do you think our friendship has changed or evolved? Because we did meet like young and so much has happened in our lives from when we first met and even the way we would hang out back in the day to now how do you think that has impacted our friendship do you think we like it's the same like how how do you what do you think i'll go first for me i think that our friendship has grown in the right way if that makes sense for me it was like when we first started hanging out it was like shisha museums grabbing food random movies whatever and then our friendship kind of evolved in a way where like I would come to you for career advice and I would come to you for different advices in like how to be a better adult for lack of better terms um just because you've always been someone I like admired and I was like okay this guy seems to have his shit together so let me go to him for this and it's kind of like grown with my age and hasn't really like gone back like it's you're not one of those people that I'm like oh my god we're talking about this stuff like we were like in our 20s like this is this is pointless you know like I feel like our friendship has matured with us and I think that's one of the main reasons why we stay friends because we do have our jokey jokey moments where we're just silly children and then we do have times where we're just like talking about career planning and being like okay what's our next move where do you see yourself vice versa and just trying to like better ourselves in a way that I value truly in a friendship throw the ball back to you buddy how do you think our friendship has changed over the years that has warmed my heart um (laughs) I would agree the analogy I was thinking about as you you were answering and thanks again for going first um I think the early years of our sort of friendship was very much based on I guess I would almost say like surface level things in terms of friendship, which is like similar interests in music, movies, pop culture, that sort of thing, right? But I think that was important because it built the, like a, a foundation of trust, right? And I think as we've sort of aged, the things that we engage each other in, like you said, in terms of conversation, advice, what's what what challenges that we're having in life, that's going to change. And 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 I think part of what originally sort of made our friendship work is we were both curious and ambitious in different ways in different aspects of life but what that really did is that you were propelling forward in your life i was propelling forward in my life and that foundation of things we enjoyed chatting about created trust and like you said over the years the sort of advice that you come to me for has changed and and sort of vice versa and especially over the last handful of years we're like you know as as the established married woman in a strong relationship and the, and, a, and a mother of a child, I'm just like, I, I, I find myself, um, picking your brain a lot more on certain things that I struggle with, um, in association with like relationships and dating. So yeah, no, it's, it's definitely changed, but I, I still think that, like you said, that goofiness, that 
natural curiosity, similarly interested in, in music and in current events and, and politics, all of that is has maintained and the sort of, I guess, just the depth of those conversations is, has, has grown. Yeah, you said it beautifully as always. I agree completely. I think though, with our friendship and just kind of the other friendships I have, I think one thing that time has done for me is really made me value the fact that we've survived like many different things, many different trials and tribulations. And the fact that like, we're still here, you know, we may not talk every single day, but we talk and there's substance. And I feel like every time I leave a conversation with you, I'm just like, yeah, that's my nigga. Like, that's my boy. I'm, I'm very happy that we're still friends. And I'm just curious to see like what the next few years have for us, um, which I think is a good segue into the last, kind of question for this topic. Um, and my question to you is, and this is kind of maybe even for the listeners, Kareem, at this current age right now, I'm curious to know, what are criteria that you value in a friendship? Are you looking for friendships as of now? Because I know I hear a lot, and this is something that circulates all the time on the internet, once we enter 30s, everyone's like, no new friends, no new, I think Drake even said it recently, like no new friends, like you have the people you've been with, and that's it. Do you feel like, I guess the two prong question, do you feel that you are more open to new friendships as you get older? Um, and what are the criteria that you look for in a potential new friendship? Very interesting question. Um, to the first part, definitely, I think I am very open to making new friends. Um, I think part of my answer is very heavily influenced into like how I've lived the last six or seven years of my life, which has been like hopping around every two or three years, moving to a new city. And that sort of just forces me by nature of having to recreate a social circle, just being more comfortable making friends. Um, but to this day, like there's, I don't know how to describe it. There's something very magical about meeting somebody and you can meet them, you know, through a friend or at a social gathering or whatnot, but you meet somebody and then like they start telling you about themselves and their life and their story is just so captivating. And it's just like, there's just a beauty that all of us are living a life that's one of one, right? Right. And being able to like hear this other person's like very engaging or captivating story so to to the first part of the question like yes to, to to making friends um it's something that i have had to do a lot more over the last handful of years and i think maybe as a byproduct i appreciate the sort of really interesting bonds and friendships and unique stories and perspectives you sort of gain from that um to the second part of your question in terms of what qualities i look for um i think one that's sort of surfaced to the top over the last handful of years is folks that are willing to be bold or audacious in their life right so it doesn't matter how it manifests but like but i i find myself more and more as i've gotten older gravitating to folks that are just audacious and choosing different career paths or interests or whatever it be so that's something that i think um i look for i look for people who are passionate it doesn't matter what you're passionate about it can be you know, if you, if you're passionate about being an FX or a foreign exchange trader, like I'm going to look at you sideways because I think you're a suspect, but like if you're passionate, maybe you'll be able to convince me, right? So, um, whether it's about, um, I always have the utmost of, of, of respect to artists, whether it's musicians or painters who like choose to pursue their passion 
um, and then riskiness in terms of like economic stability. So passion is definitely another one. Um, I guess this combination of just being very, <clears throat> sorry, this combination of just being honest and having integrity, right? I think especially nowadays where everybody is pitching a Ponzi scheme or everybody is trying to portray themselves differently on social media. And this one, I think it just sort of comes with experience in terms of how you sort of pick that apart and gauge it, but just, um, you see it in different ways. And I'll give one quick example. This was, this is like maybe two years ago. I was at a work event with somebody who works in my industry that a really good friend of mine is like, you should really get to know. <clears throat> and we were at this like event and it was like, um, socializing hour, happy hour. And, um, I saw the way they had engaged with like this really young entrepreneur and they sort of just dismissed this person to jump into a conversation with somebody else who was like, quote unquote, a bigger shot, right? And it was just like so foul. I was sitting there watching it. I felt so bad. And I remember registering. I'm just like, this person's not somebody that I, I want to bring into my social circle. And then I kid you not, like a couple of like a year ago, this was like a year ago. So a couple of weeks ago, this mutual friend was sharing some stories and it just reaffirmed, right? So that like just being an honest, good, upbeat person and you sort of pick up on it in different ways. But those are probably the three I would say as I've gotten older in life sort of become quite important in terms of trying to establish good friendships. I love that. Um, to answer, I guess I'll give a very short, I'm always open to meeting people. I particularly love meeting strangers it's such a weird <laughs> thing but like i just love meeting somebody who doesn't know anything about me and vice versa and i'll give an example a few years ago um i would finish work and i would go to this particular park downtown toronto and i would just bring a book and i would just sit there read and people watch like i love to people watch it's like my favorite hobby and i remember i was people watching and this like older gentleman he was like playing some sort of like sport and he walked up to me and he was like oh what book are you reading and I don't even remember what book I was reading at that time I, I can't even remember it's gonna I'm like looking at my bookshelf right now trying to see if I can see it but I don't remember um and I basically was like oh blah 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 and so we kind of just started talking and I spent I'm not even kidding you four hours in that park talking to this random stranger about life, about like success, about Toronto. And this person, I mind you, I should preface it by saying he's at that time he was 65. And it was just so interesting to hear about his experiences growing up. He is biracial, um, grew up in such an interesting time in Toronto and just hearing his stories and hearing how they're so different from the way I grew up here was so fascinating. And I've kind of dubbed him my park friend. We are pen pals. We email each other all the time just to check on. And I would like for the, like before pandemic, I would always go back to the park just to meet him. Cause I knew he was there playing this like very, it was like the sport it is in itself was something that he picked up during his travels in like Burma. And it, he's just such an interesting person. And those are the type of like relationships I love. Like I love hearing people's history. I love hearing how people have grown. Even prior to that, like my work itself, I work with, well, I used to work with a lot of newcomers and just hearing their stories and just being able to connect and see the humanity of everybody and how we're all so relatable, no matter where we come from is what I love. 
So I personally am down for new friends. However, I would love to meet people who are just randos. That's the best. So if random people want to hit me up, come on, I'll be your friend. No problem. Which um, um, which which go- which park which park should they meet you at? Drop the the name and the detail, and <laughs> you and the listeners and the random park stranger. Listen, I park hop. Listen, I'm everywhere. If you just see me with a book, know that I'm partly reading but partly watching people, and always open to a good conversation. Because honestly, when I left that day, I literally was like holy crap like this guy's incredible and i also learned more about myself from just talking to him like he was i think there's like a vulnerability that you have with like someone who you don't know because you can say whatever the hell you want and then there's a possibility of never seeing them again and i was just like that I, i live for that that's like my favorite the qualities i personally look for very much are parallel to yours i think one thing that's very important to me is someone who it's just positive. I think that I have, I won't even say it's like a trait, but I just have a very skeptical mind. I kind of look at things as uh, questionable most of the time. And it takes a certain type of person to be able to change my perspective. So one thing I also really like value is someone who is positive, not toxic positivity. Like I can't do someone who's like butterflies, rainbows all day, but I do welcome that positive mentality because I do feel like that not only adds value to your life but then it all I feel like it also allows you to like live longer if that makes sense like I feel like the more positive you are in your head um the healthier you are and the better chance I guess that you can live a longer time than to just sit there and be like boohoo the world's burning which is me all the time um so I'm just gonna add positivity (laughs) to your incredible list uh (laughs) But okay, let me segue us into the most exciting part, which is our first time doing some questions. So I'm going to ask you, should we name this as like a segment? Like what should we call this segment? I I, I think this was like a year ago. I listened to this like creepy NPR podcast called, called The Listener Line. <laughs> it's like, it was based in New York where like, they basically created a hotline where people would call in and confess their sins, right? It was like a digital confessionary. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Jasmine, uh, have you seen Jasmine Sullivan did something like that recently on her story where she was like, tell me a secret that you would never tell your partner. And people were saying the wildest stuff. Wow. Because I think it's that, it's going back to what I was saying. It's that vulnerability that you have with someone where you're like, no one will ever hear this. And if I am talking about the person, what are the chances that you're going to read this like story or listen to this podcast you know exactly so that the, so listen or not that is the name of the podcast uh, hopefully we'll, we won't be okay um but that that's what i was thinking of calling the segment and to your question yes we should definitely give names to fake names to to the you know, anonymous yes, c- c- contributors okay so we're gonna call this segment listener line and i'm going to appoint Kareem with deciding the fake name. So before I get into it, I'm going to give you a snippet of which one you want to go for. So one potential story is about um, this relationship, I guess, that they got together during the pandemic and it's going left. Or this is about 
two friends who've fallen out and one person's a little bit more questionable than the other. What level of mess are you looking for today? Option one or option two? Let's go with option one, pandemic love that is going hard left. Okay. All right. So this was submitted by a girl. So what do we want to give her name? Oh, let's call her Zainab. Okay. I love that. Okay. So Zainab and her boyfriend have been in a relationship for a few months. Can we call him They're Hamdi? Hamdi. Late... Can we call him Hamdi? Zainab and Hamdi? You want to change her? Ham- okay. No, we'll no, no, no. Him. him. Okay. The boyfriend is Hamdi. The girl him, is... Him, Hamdi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love that. Okay. So girlfriend Zainab wrote in about her boyfriend Hamdi, who they've been in a relationship for a few months. They're both in their late 20s. A mutual friend introduced them during the pandemic when everyone was just bored at home. Hamdi developed a crush on Zainab, but Zainab didn't really like Hamdi at that point. And so every time they would meet, Hamdi would try to pursue her. And she just kind of was like, you know what? This friendship is not really working out because I don't want you. So let's kind of end it there. Now, fast forward to earlier this year, they accidentally ran into each other and Hamdi asked Zainab to go for like a coffee date kind of thing, COVID style, as she wrote. She agreed. As she's listening to Hamdi during this date, she realizes, okay, I could actually like him now. So after a few months of them talking, they decided to get into a relationship. Hamdi would constantly send her like the I miss you's, can't wait to see you text messages. Hamdi was clearly the one who was like more in love with her at that point. Um, And out of nowhere, she's realized that that has kind of fallen off. So she doesn't get those same text messages much. She's noticed that Hamdi doesn't go out of her way to meet her as much as they used to. They kind of allocated like the weekend as their hangout days, but sometimes he'll just flop on her because he's hanging out with his friends. So when she confronted him, he says like, I still like you, but I'm over this like puppy love stage. She's asking us, um, Number one, is she overthinking because she's previously been cheated on? And so she just is not aware of any of the signs. And she's trying to figure out if this is a sign. Um, And the other thing is she's scared that this will completely like kind of disseminate and their relationship's going to be done. So to put this in a simpler way, she wants to know, are these signs that something else is going on? And is this something that all couples go through kind of getting quick, getting rid of this whole like, puppy love phase really quickly and transitioning into like the relationship. Oh, right. Poor Zainab. I know it's a lot. I know. Um, a couple of things that sort of come to mind as you're sort of sharing, um, what we got in her inbox. Um, I guess I was a bit confused on one front because she says that he, on one end, they've sort of, because he's gotten busy with work and other commitments, they dedicate weekends. Right. So to me, if you, He's able to consistently dedicate weekends to me. That's not necessarily a red flag. That may be a. But he's flopping. Oh, okay. Okay, he's flopping. So they originally had weekends as their thing, and then now she's noticing that he's kind of like bailing on her on the weekend stuff. See that 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 part I would say is a bit more of a red flag because yes, people get busy. Especially, we all hope to sort of find partners that we're with for for many decades, right? So over the course of that time, people's availability for certain things is, is going to change and, and get busy. But 
you know, you got to communicate, right? If the person's flopping very last minute and it sounds like um, maybe some, yeah, sketchy behavior that's making her think that he's maybe not being faithful or is triggering sort of past um, experiences, she should definitely broach the topic with him because, you know, um, but that I, th I think time does impact relationships. Um, I think everybody sort of accepts that this sort of infatuation honeymoon phase um, subsides. But I think in place of that, you sort of depend this, you, you form this sort of dependency and, and partnership with this person, right? So how they show up in your life is going to be different, but they're still there. They're communicating, they're making space and making time for you. It may not look the same, but if the person's just failing on those obligations and not showing up, then I would say, yeah, there, there may be something to be worried about. What about you? I think, okay, so first of all, I think that our generation and generation under us has this fascination of the chase and everyone is so into like getting the girl, you know, like pursuing her, getting her. And then when they're in the relationship, I think that's kind of where things feel like, oh, okay. This is what we signed it. up for? And yeah, you know, and maybe Hamdi was like interested in the fact that Zainab was kind of like, no, I'm not into you, I'm not into you. And it was kind of like an ego thing for him to be like, I got to get her. And now that he has her, he might just be like, all right, I got her. I'm done. Um, not saying this is her situation, but I'm saying that's something that she should kind of take in and process a little bit, that that could be the situation. The other thing I think, too, is that she's basing this relationship off of her old relationship, which I think is like the number one mistake. I think when you're going into stuff, you need to come in with a fresh mind and not project your insecurities or the errors of your last partner onto your new partner. And if this is something that she's very concerned about, I feel like now is the time to really have a sit down conversation and be like, what is this? Because when we were in quarantine and in Ontario, we were in quarantine for a long time. And I don't know where she's from. I'm just going to assume she's from here. It was a boredom thing, right? Like everything, we're all bored. We all have time. We're all able to talk endlessly, get to know people on a different level. But once life kind of kicks in, it's a whole different space. And I think quarantine relationships are kind of expedited in a way because they're together all the time, which is not life. And now that Hamdi seems to be hanging out with his friends more and kind of going back to normal, I think that he hasn't really factored in how to fit in a relationship into his day to day. So my advice to Zainab is have a sit down conversation. It's better to figure this out from the jump than to keep these feelings inside, build resentment, and then have a bigger problem at the like later on in the future. So talk to him. I feel like there's some sort of understanding. Maybe he just doesn't know how to manage being in a relationship. Also, guys are stupid. So he might not even be realizing he's being why don't make that face for people who are listening Kareem's making a face guys are stupid I'm just saying um so you just have to talk to him and see like what what's going on because I'm pretty sure if you have like a real sit down conversation and just get vulnerable and say like I miss this he he could change if he really wants to be with you he could change famous last words um uh, <laughs> my, my 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 takeaway from from uh the sort of the headline from your response is basically Eman thinks that pandemic. No, 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 no. There is, there is, there is one that beat that one. That was, that was page two news. Um, the headline was 
that um, Iman thinks that pandemic love has a quicker expiry date. So you've all been put on watch. <laughs> I do because I feel like it was like this weird bubble. Okay, off topic, but did you watch Love is Blind on Netflix? Um, yes, I did. Okay, so that is pandemic relationships to me. You're in this room talking to the person behind a wall. Everything sounds incredible. Everything is great. And then once you get out of that wall, you see the person, you start to get to know them a little bit more. And you're like, oh, the person I was talking to isn't the same as who's being presented to me now. And that is literally the best analogy I can have for a pandemic relationship. The person you were talking to most probably isn't the same person that you're going to actually get to know because pandemic had everyone in a weird way. I, I would, that sounds like every relationship though, right? Like I don't, you always have that rule. Like yeah. the first six months, like everybody's on their best behavior. They're showing you like the polished and, and, they're, and, yeah, and they're true. exactly. And then like, by after that, you sort of see that the true character. So I, I guess pandemic level is just the like, pandemic, go ahead. I think, no, I was just gonna say, I think it just expedites stuff. Like, I think that instead of the six months, it's like maybe now like a month, because the six months, think about it, you're talking to them, hopefully all the time in some sort of way, you're seeing them often, but it's their best kind of front. In the pandemic, we were locked down for like 18 months, essentially. So you've had a longer time to meet this like ideal person. And then once you now see them in real time, you're like, oh, you're a little bit shorter than what you said. You don't really, you could, you don't really look like who you said you are. You're not really into the things you said. You just kind of present to this like ideal person. It's ultimate catfish. Um, I will just say that. That should be the second headline. <laughs> Cat, make that the second headline. <laughs> um, Iman, you seem to be really downplaying the struggle of people losing their social skills as a result of the pandemic and having to reintegrate like that's a, a serious medical condition i feel like you're downplaying that um and that's not nice oh boohoo everyone was super social i was literally on clubhouse we were doing somali like, clubhouse like, that, that's an episode on its own but continue oh <laughs> We're going to do that. Yeah, we'll do Solani Club. I was on Clubhouse talking to everybody, anybody. Me, my friends brought their friends and their friends. We were doing like Zoom style, like mafia games, which you were included on some of those. I know you do remember. Like we were socializing at a different height. Okay. Different height. Like you're talking to people, you're meeting people. I think I was the most social during the pandemic than I have been in my entire existence. Like I was so open to talk to people and meet people because I was bored. And I think that's the issue. We were bored. So are you in this relationship because you truly want to or were you bored? That's the question. We, we will leave that for all of the listeners to ponder. And um, I'm sure we just lost all of our listeners who were recently married <laughs> in the last year. Uh, but um <laughs> I would encourage all of the listeners to continue sending us um, emails if you have a situation that you want our two cents on or you want to ask us questions. We're, we're always open to that and want to make it um, engaging. Any uh, final parting words from you, Iman, this week? I just have one thing. If you guys have your own um, opinions about the stories, please send that in to us. We would love to hear your advice as well for the stories that we tell because I think that would be interesting. But no parting words. I, this was a great conversation. I always have fun. Awesome. Till next time, everybody. Take care. Bye.
Bye.